When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Friday, January 27th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, the Guardians uh, move now from uh, post-Guards Fest into the uh, the the phase of the offseason where it's it's get ready for uh, heading to spring training. Uh, the uh, truck day will be coming up soon, uh, and then uh, pitchers and catchers will report around Valentine's Day. Uh, that gives them uh, maybe a couple of weeks here to to get their their affairs in order before heading out. Uh, one thing we learned after Guards Fest uh, was that uh, one of Cleveland's uh, you know highly ranked prospects, uh, outfielder George Valera, uh, had some surgery uh, back earlier in December, and we just found out about it uh, after Guards Fest. Yeah, yeah, Joey had uh, handmade uh, had had the. Uh... Surgery on a handmade bone in his right hand. Uh, that's you know, a, a, it's a bone at the I think a base of the hand that a lot of hitters, you know, have to have out have to have surgery on. You know, Julio Franco, a bunch of guys, almost every hitter that, you know, <laughs> that eventually has to have that surgery. And I think it comes from you know the knob of the bat just rubbing against the you know the base of the hand, the pressure you put on the bat during this the, during the swing. And uh, this is the second time he's had it. Uh, you know, he had had it earlier in 2018, uh, which is kind of makes it rare. But uh, usually, it takes six to eight weeks to recover from. Um, he's already taken dry swings. Uh, he, he could be a little, you know, a little behind at the start of spring training. But Joe, I don't think he was going to be in the opening day lineup, anyways. Do you? Yeah, no, I, I, I didn't think. Valera really had a chance to to start anywhere above you know AAA at the beginning of the season. Uh, still has yet to make his major league debut. I think that's definitely coming in 2023. But uh, you know, it, as far as being behind everybody else, it just uh, with with the World Baseball Classic and the opportunities that are going to be afforded to some of the younger players to get more uh, major league uh, field time in training camp. Uh, that's probably going to hurt him a little bit there, but really he he's not going to be too far behind where he should be. Uh, anyways, uh, this is the same surgery that Jose Ramirez had in 2019, uh, and he missed uh, about a month and came back and uh, 
uh, hit, uh, what, two home runs in his first game back and then really didn't play for uh, the next final week of the season there uh, he, when he missed most of September uh, that year. Uh, so it's it, like you said, a number of different players have had the surgery uh, for Cleveland and over the, the past few years, and uh, it, it's it's a common thing, I guess. But uh, again, a, a guy like Valera, who you know had just got, had gotten settled in at AAA at the, at the end of last year and had really started to find himself, uh, now has to sort of play catch up a little bit. And uh, you know, it's not not a big concern, but uh, it, this is a, a guy that we're we're expecting to see something out of this year. Yeah, I, I would think we, you know at, at some point this season we're going to see him in Cleveland. You know, it's left-handed hitter. Uh, you know, started his career in uh, center field, is now playing mostly right field, got a great swing, you know, 25 doubles, 24 home runs between a double A AA and triple A this past season. Um, you know, it strikes out a lot, but, you know, we saw him a little bit in, uh, you know, in uh, in 2020 during training camp at, at Progressive Field, and just a beautiful swing. So, uh Hopefully, you know, he recovers quickly and, uh, you know, gets set and gets, you know, hits the ground running at AAA and gets up here and, you know, is able to help Cleveland at some point uh, next this season. Yeah, all of the, uh, you know, MLB Pipeline, Baseball America, they all have him uh, very highly rated in the the Guardians farm system. So uh, it should be fun to watch Valera make progress uh, this upcoming season. Uh, news and notes, I, I guess the, the big news that, that came down uh, yesterday on Thursday was that the Astros finally have uh, their GM in place. Uh, it's former Atlanta scouting director Dana Brown. Uh, he comes over after running uh, Atlanta's scouting department for uh, a few years there, and he takes over as the GM for the Astros. Uh James Harris, who was an who is an assistant GM in Cleveland, was a uh, finalist for that position. He was one of three finalists, uh, and I, I guess this means that James Harris is sticking around and, and coming back to Cleveland uh, in, in, in 2023, which uh, can only help and and, and benefit the Guardians. I, I know uh, Chris Antonetti uh, and everybody associated with uh, Cleveland really thinks highly of James Harris for the job that he does uh, and has done as a, a personnel director, you know, player development, and and now as the assistant GM. Yeah, uh, you know, it seems like every winter, you know, a couple of uh, Cleveland's front office, uh, uh, you know, executives get a chance to interview some, you know, get with other teams. They have a good reputation of developing executives and and, uh, you know, giving them a lot of leeway when it comes to, you know, the acquisition of players, you know, talking to agents, signing free agents. And, and, and you know, James Harris, I think, uh, you know, was promoted to assistant GM a couple of years ago after running the farm farm system, you know, qualified guy. And, uh, you know, it's that's kind of the beginning of the process, I guess. You, you know, you, you start with a couple of interviews and, and see where it takes you. And James has been around. It is it, the thing that always surprises me about him is his foot is is his background is is really in football, Joe. Mm-hmm. He's in the NFL and and college football. Right. Yeah. It's uh, he's he's the the sort of the the poster child for you know if you're if you're good at what you do, it doesn't matter what sport you do it for. You're, you you can 
uh, you can be impressive in in any uh, capacity there. He uh, he was in, he was at Nebraska and and then uh, you know with their football program and then uh, was with the Philadelphia Eagles and in their front office and was there for a few years before uh, you know he was I, I think he was with Pittsburgh before he went to uh, Cleveland but right, he's, right. he's 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 bounced around a little bit but you know it, it translates both sides football baseball uh, what what James Harris is able to do is uh, it, it it's it's valuable and and the Guardians see that. Uh, and, and like you said, uh, it, it is a big process. It, you know, you start with a couple of interviews, maybe next season. He's the hot candidate for any open GM job uh, out there. Uh, but, you know, guys like Carter Hawkins, uh, you know, is is now the, the, you know, over with uh, Chicago. Uh, like you said, the the Guardians front office is a breeding ground for. Uh, other other teams to to come in and 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 pick up young talented executives, and and you know try to turn their franchises around as well. Yeah, and we've seen it time and time again. And uh, you know Antonetti and Chernoff have been courted by other teams. They've you know they've decided to stay. Uh, you know this this is a good place to work. And uh, you know you, you're you're uh, you're you're under smart people you learn i think they give you an ability to grow and learn and eventually some some guys are going to leave you know that's just the way this game works all right there's uh there's been some player movement uh you know some minor deals and and trades and signings and uh you know announcements uh, over the last couple of days uh just the ones that that have any connection or ties to to Cleveland as I was sort of perusing the lists here. Uh, Jesus Aguilar, one of your favorite guys. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, Jesus uh, signed on with the A's. Uh, looks like they're going to need a first baseman out there, uh, need a right-handed bat. So Jesus Aguilar uh, goes to the athletics. Uh, Justice Sheffield, uh, former left-handed uh, pitching prospect for Cleveland, who was part of the Andrew Miller trade uh, back in 2016. He went to New York and then to Seattle. Well, after a couple of uh, uh, underwhelming seasons with Seattle, uh, he was outrighted uh, by the Mariners. So he's uh, on a minor league deal now, uh, as, as far as that goes. Uh, also outrighted uh, from the, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, Miguel Andahar, a, a guy who was always sort of in those uh, trade talks as, as you know, w- was Cleveland interested in him as a piece to come play uh, infield or outfield. Uh, he was the runner-up to Shohei Otani for Rookie of the Year, uh, you know, a few years back. Uh, now the Pirates have have outrighted Miguel Andahar. So there's three guys right there with, uh, you know, some sort of connections to Cleveland in the past several years, uh, you know, just uh, making moves and, and uh, showing up in different places. Yeah, Joe, a couple other guys. Our buddy uh, Mike Freeman, remember a utility infielder a couple years ago? Mm-hmm. Seattle has hired him as their double-A manager of uh, the Arkansas Travelers. So, you know, good, wow. good, good luck to Freeman. He's a good guy. I liked him. Well, I can't wait to ask Tito about that move just to see what he thinks uh, of, of Freeman's, uh, you know, managing aptitude there. I, I think it uh, should be a lot of fun. Yeah, and and uh, Cesar Hernandez, uh, you know, s- former second baseman, signed a minor league deal with uh, Detroit. Uh, so uh, you know, if he makes the ball club, he's he'll earn uh, 1.5 million. So I would think Cesar's got a pretty good chance of making that club somewhere. You know, 
as second baseman utility type guy. So, uh, you know, he played with, I think in, he played with Washington last year. Right. Yeah. And, and uh, before uh, the Guardians dealt him away in what, uh, 20, uh, 2021, uh, he had hit something like seven leadoff home runs for them, or it was the most leadoff home runs in a season since, uh, uh, well, Francisco Lindor, but, you know, he was right up there with uh, Grady Sizemore, uh, you know, leading off uh, a game with a home run. You, you wouldn't expect that from a, a guy like a Cesar Hernandez, but uh, he had a little bit of a power surge before they traded him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, and I think you won a gold glove here in 2020. So, but uh, I guess defense is is not as strong. It has not become as strong as suit. But you know, he's he played. You know, he had a he had a great year. Well, he had a 60 game season in in 2020. He played very well for him. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, an old friend Roberto Perez, now 34 years old. Uh, I guess the rumors are that he's uh, talking to Boston. There might be some interest there. Uh, for him to be the backup catcher in uh, in Boston, uh, Roberto Perez limited to about 20 games last season before he tore his hamstring and needed uh, season-ending surgery. So uh, we'll see if Roberto Perez this is a, a former, you know, Gold Glove winner behind the plate for uh, the Guardians and and really just one of the guys who really helped the the young pitching staff uh, really develop here in Cleveland over several years and uh, a, a lot of credit goes to uh, Roberto Perez for for taking care and getting kids through games and getting them them through their starts like Terry Francona always says uh, you get a catcher like that who who genuinely cares about the pitchers and uh, it, it, that's what Roberto Perez was and I guess uh, maybe the the Red Sox are looking for him to do that there in Boston yeah really a uh, good guy uh, he just Joe, this guy's been snake bit with injuries, you know, and not just little injuries, they're just like serious injuries, you know, that knock him out for, you know, you know, for big chunks of the season, shoulders and and elbows, and you know, he he hurt his. I think he just, you know, he's just had a bad run lately, and uh, his body's kind of, you know, betraying him right now. So hopefully, Roberto, you know, get catches on with the Red Sox or somewhere else and is able to stay healthy and kind of, you know, reestablish himself. Yeah. That's the, uh, the weird thing is he, he, I think he tore his, his hamstring running the bases and sliding into second base, or, uh, it was like this freak injury that, that happened, uh, last season. Uh, maybe it was in Cincinnati, I think. Uh, but yeah, especially for a catcher, it's a, it's a rough position and, and, you know, uh, your heart goes out for out to him, you know, for the games he's missed. But uh, maybe he catches on here in Boston. Uh, all right, uh, we did uh, want to just go over briefly. Uh, Major League Baseball Network has been running their, uh, you know, top ten right now at each position uh, for you know infielders, outfielders, and and all around the diamond. Uh, a couple of Guardians players uh, rank very highly uh, in. Uh, in in different roles and different uh, capacities on their lists in in uh, according to position, uh, I think uh, Jose Ramirez ranked second 
among all third basemen. Uh, and Andres Jimenez ranked third among the second baseman. Uh, Stephen Kwan was checked in at seven on the top 10 list of left fielders. And uh, Emmanuel Classe uh, ranked second in, in terms of closers, uh, according to their list. Uh, so, so a pretty good showing by uh, some of these Guardians players uh, just being the best of the best at their positions. Yeah, that was a really, really good showing. It shows you, uh, you know, what other people think of the talent uh, Cleveland has accumulated. I really like what Danny O'Dowd said, uh, you know, former Cleveland executive. He And now he's, you know, a regular on MLB Network. Uh, he, he was talking about uh, uh, Jimenez and just said, you know, he loves the player. He thinks, you know, he didn't, he said, uh, you know, what Jimenez did with the bat was kind of a surprise. But, uh, you know, he's he's uh, really an asset defensively. He makes, you know, he takes care of the right side of the infield. He makes your shortstop better. And he said, you know, without the shift, uh, O'Dowd said, you're probably going to, Jimenez is either even going to be a bigger, have a bigger impact on the defense, you know, because of his range. So, uh, you know, really, uh, you know, really, uh, O'Dowd gave him a compliment. And I don't, he doesn't give many compliments. He's, yeah. <laughs> so, that you know, that was good to hear. Yeah, that's uh, that's sort of a a feather for uh, for the the Guardians to have identified his defense and his value over there and sort of stuck with it uh, all season long last year uh, through through whatever he had at the beginning of the season and and then when he developed into uh, you know the the bat that he did end up bringing that that's it really uh, turns out to be a a, a huge plus uh, as far as uh, uh, Tito, you, you mentioned, uh, you know, Terry Francona. Uh, I saw him on intentional talk yesterday and they were talking obviously about the, uh, his, his stolen scooter being recovered. And, uh, they rolled the video of him with the Cleveland police department and, and all the, the fun that he had there. Uh, and they also asked uh, him about the, the newest hall of famer, uh, Scott Rowland, who played for Tito in Philadelphia. And one of the things that, that Tito brought up uh, when talking about Scott Rowland was the way that Scott Rowland, you wouldn't think this, you know, a big lumbering sort of power bat, uh, but he talked about the way that Scott Rowland ran the bases. Even back, you know, in in like 2004, 2005, uh, he said that Scott Rowland ran the bases hard and ran the bases the way you were supposed to, uh, you know, even all the way back then as a, as a young player, first, second uh, year guy. And and Tito said, you know, it just sort of opened up a window for for me to to sort of see into, you know, Tito is who he is and has been this guy and has valued these same things as a manager, you know, since the very beginning. Yeah, that's a great point, Joe. And, uh, you know, I I listened to what Roland said, you know, after he got the news that he uh, had been elected to the Hall of Fame and he, he, he made a point of talking about his base running and he said, your base running defines what kind of character that your character that's where your character as a player you know surfaces and he goes you know if do you go first to third do you take out a guy at second base do you do you run hard down the line at, at you know on on ground balls do you score from second base on a double you know he said the way you run the bases really defines your character and the only guy when as soon as he said that i, I kept thinking about jose ramirez you mm-hmm. know and, re, and when you think of jose ramirez you know 
obviously, you know, good defender, great, great at the plate. But you, re- I remember his base running. That's that's what sticks out to me. That's the that's the fun part. It's like we we come to the ballpark every day to cover Jose Ramirez playing defense and play, uh, you know, at third base and and you know hitting in the middle of that lineup. But the fun part of watching Jose Ramirez is after he makes contact and what happens from from you know A to B and from you know B to C to D all the way around the bases. Uh, it, it really is the the part that is exciting. Uh, sure, hitting home runs is great, but but watching Jose Ramirez run the bases is something that will never get old, and it's something that we should not take for granted as long as he's doing it at the level that he's doing it uh, still right now. So, uh, yeah, that's a great point you make right there, Hoinsey. Uh, and and the other thing that Tito said, he was asked which player on the roster. Uh, now that his his uh, his uh, his scooter has been stolen twice, uh, he says which player on the roster uh, he would trust uh, to 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 guard the scooter uh, to keep it safe and and keep it from getting stolen. Uh, Tito said Stephen Kwan would be the guy that that uh, he would trust the most. He said he doesn't think Stephen Kwan could lie even if he wanted to. Yeah, I can see uh, Quan uh, standing sentinel outside uh, Tito's apartment, <laughs> doing you know, watching his scooter. That would be great. Yeah, Quan. I think yeah, Quan would be a good, a good, uh, a good bodyguard for the scooter for sure. Well, to me, uh, that response in that moment, having been asked that question, and and Quan being the the first name that jumps to his mind, that tells me a little bit about uh, what. Tito thinks of Quan, thinks of his character and th- and and where he regards him in terms of not just, you know, as a player, but as a part and a leader in the, you know, in a, the, the future of this club and this franchise. Uh, I think he's going to expect a lot of Stephen Quan next season. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Joe. I mean, Quan kind of set the bar awfully high for himself. Uh, you know, he didn't. And and, and you know what? Just the one point of the season, he kind of looked overmatched, you know, after the great April, you know, he had the, he kind of took a downward turn in, in May, but came back. And after that, he didn't look, you know, he, he didn't play like a rookie, you know, he, he played like, you know, he belonged, like he, he was, you you saw his confidence in the leadoff spot. You saw him, you saw him, you know, on defense and offense. I mean, he couldn't have had a much better year. So yeah, I think the bar is high for him. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's going to be, I think there'll be a little bit of pressure on him to uh, match that or, or do better or, or, you know, just kind of, is, is that, you know, is that, you know, your, your, your medium, you know, and if that yeah. is, I mean, yeah, that's pretty good. That's a good way to go through your career with a season like that. Yeah. The, the comparison's always going to be there. I think, uh, a guy like a Dustin Pedroia, uh, in terms of, you know, Tito has his guys, uh, Tito, you know, sort of thinks very highly of him and, and expects a lot of him. And he goes out and performs, you know, the Quan and, and Pedroia, same stature, uh, you know, came on uh, really, really well as rookies. Uh, I just uh, it, there's going to be comparisons, uh, you know, throughout his career until he he, he you know, shows us which way he's going to go with that. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to Stephen Quan's uh, 2023 season. Uh, I think uh, that's going to wrap it up and, and just about do it for today's edition of the, the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Uh, next uh, next week, 
Uh, we'll have a, a look at the remaining free agents that are out there. We'll uh, we'll see if there's anybody that the, the Guardians might bring in late or uh, try to add to the roster or give a shot to, to win a spot uh, of, of what's left out there. Uh, some interesting names uh, we can throw around uh, if they survive the weekend. Uh, and Hoinsey, we'll, uh, we'll check in with you again on Monday. All right, Joe.